Father, today I thank you for the house. I thank you for our time together. I thank you for the word. Lord, I thank you that the word goes deep within our hearts today. And, and as that word goes in our hearts, that great things come forth in the name of Jesus. Signs follow those that believe the word of God. And we believe that today. We give you praise concerning it. And everybody said, Amen, amen. and Amen. Well, man, Easter was great, wasn't it? It was a great week, had a great time. Um, <clears throat> I want to, today, I, uh, it's the end of April, and we finished our series with Easter, and today, um, I feel like what the Lord spoke to me to do was to have kind of a part one that'll be, that'll end on Wednesday night, part two, and um, in our um, National Day of Prayer, a night of prayer and worship that we're doing on Wednesday night, just going to share a little, a little ending piece of what I'm going to start today, and um, National Day of Prayer uh, is Thursday, and um, that day began the National Day of Prayer that we know of that we have every May, the first Thursday in May. That, that day started in 1952, and um, uh, President Truman declared a national day of prayer in 1952, and we've been doing it ever since. Uh, but before that, in, um, during, right in the heat of the Civil War in 1863, President Lincoln established in the fall, in November, a day of thanksgiving and prayer. And so what we know of as thanksgiving was started as a day of prayer because of the, what was happening in the Civil War and it just continued on for all these years. Um, at other times through the history of this great nation, there were days of prayer. Um, the Continental Congress established um, a national day of prayer before we were even a nation in 1775. They established the national day of prayer, and it went um, through the Revolutionary War, and, uh, and, it, and it was a day of, of fasting and praying for things to be established and worked out for the freedom of this nation. And, and these days and these times of prayer, when right now and this week, for this, this solid week, everywhere around this country, people are aware of the National Day of Prayer, and everybody is praying, and the theme of the National Day of Prayer, if you don't know this, the theme of the National Day of Prayer is to love one another. To love one another. That's the theme of the National Day of Prayer this year. And... I just feel like, because we talk about that a lot around here, I just feel like that it's vital and it's important for us to understand that. So we're going to talk about that somewhat today, but I, I want us, even as a group, as a church, to really take serious this day. I mean, sometimes, you know, I think that sometimes, there, I mean, we've, our nation... Uh, the people of our nation have saturated our calendar with 
all these specific days. You know? Um, one day is love your dog day. You know? And another day is love your neighbor day. And another day is, you know, love the shoes you're wearing day. You know? Or something. I mean, just everything is a day. You know? Everything is a day. And I mean, anybody get exhausted with sometimes with the days? I don't know. Maybe it's just me. I'm just, sometimes I get exhausted. But what I think, what, what I think happens is um, that we become mesmerized with all this and, and, and all of a sudden um, it becomes commonplace and people just kind of take it for granted. You know? And, and I think we can't do that with this National Day of Prayer. I'm telling you today, we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for these National Days of Prayer. That This nation wouldn't be here. Um, in this church, my wife and I have always had this desire and this heart to pray. And um, years ago, Sarah Dunning took on the vision that we had to pray, and she has faithfully stood behind that. I don't believe Gates of the City would be here if it wasn't for prayer. I don't believe that we would be here today if it wasn't for the prayers that have gone forth. I'm serious. I'm serious. There are a lot of things that wouldn't be today if it wasn't for prayer. And we can't take for granted the prayers that are prayed, and we can't take for granted the days these days of prayer, this national day of prayer, this week of the national day of prayer, we can't take that for granted and realizing that everybody around the United States, not everybody, but I mean people that want to see things change and things happen, people are praying and everybody is in agreement concerning the same thing. And everybody's in agreement about what it means to love one another. Well, the Bible's real clear about love, loving one another. But our president today, I saw a quote from a, I saw a quote from a, a woman who, uh, oh, she's a, she, she was either a state or a national representative. Uh, she was in state Congress or, or, um, or, or, uh, or the national Congress. I can't, I'm, I'm not sure, but I saw a quote uh, on social media from her that she said that our present president is enacting and releasing more spiritual awareness than any president in the, in the past because of what he's doing to encourage people to pray and, and to have faith in God and to trust God. And uh, his declaration um, this week, it, it was last year, and, and, I've, and I've heard him say it again, that we, we affirm our dependence on God. That's his declaration. That we as a nation affirm our dependence on God. We cannot move forward in this nation without a revelation of God. Our president said that. We believe that's filtering down all the way to us. Can you say amen? I believe that. I'm saying that over this church body here, this group of people, that we affirm that we can't make it without God. Amen? So, one of the, 
one of the prayers that I have found that kind of, I mean, there's a lot of long prayers by presidents um, that have been uh, read at different times, um, some of them at, um, at the beginning of, uh, of the presidency of each one of them, like at the inauguration, some of the prayers were read over National Day of Prayer, but some of them were really long prayers. But I found a prayer by our third president, Thomas Jefferson, and it was at the inauguration of his first term in 1801, March 4th, 1801. And I feel like what he said here, it's a somewhat shorter prayer, but I feel like what he said speaks to us today, right now. This could be, this could be uh, President Trump reading this today in our nation, and it would relate to us. And I feel like it's the heart and soul of most of the prayers that I read of different presidents over our nation. So I, want to speak, I just want to speak this over us. It's a prayer for our nation. Almighty God, who has given us this good land for our heritage, we humbly beseech Thee that we may always prove ourselves a people mindful of Thy favor and glad to do Thy will. Bless our land with honorable ministry, sound learning, and pure manners. Save us from violence, discord, and confusion, from pride and arrogance, and from every evil way. Say amen to that. Defend our liberties, Lord, and fashion into one united people the, multiple, the, 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 the multitude brought hither out of many kindreds and tongues. We know that. We see that. It's not about one race, one, one group over here. God's brought many together. See, because there's only two races of people in the earth. If you look at the, the, the Bible and you see it true in the Bible, there's only two races of people. Those who are saved and those who aren't. And the ones who aren't, they're potentially ready to be saved. Amen? Because everybody on planet earth is looking for God. I remind you of that all the time. And I tell you again, everybody on planet earth is looking for God. Amen? Endow with thy spirit of wisdom those whom in thy name we entrust the authority of government, that there may be justice and peace at home, and that through obedience to thy law we may show forth thy praise among the nations of the earth. In time of prosperity fill our hearts with thankfulness, and in the day of trouble suffer not our trust in thee to fail. All of which we ask through Jesus Christ our Lord. And I said, that was at his inauguration, March 4th, 1801. I don't know if he read it or if someone else did, but I feel like that relates to us today. Amen? And we need to be aware of our history so that we're empowered for our future. Amen? We need to be aware of our history and where we've come from and be thankful for the great things that have happened so that we can be empowered to make a difference in the future. Amen? It's important that we understand that. We can't forget where we've come from and those who have prepared the way for us. So today I'm taking the theme of the National Day of Prayer, love one another, and just going to take a few verses of Scripture and look at what God says of the importance to that in our lives. Amen? Amen. Um, in John 13, 
And I'm just going to read um, verse 34 and 5 in John 13. He said, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples. There's another verse of Scripture that says, people will know, in other words, that he is God because of our love one for another. People will know that we're his disciples because we love each other. Man, they've got it. Man, for that person to act like that, for that person to have that attitude right there, for that person to respond like that, that there's got to be something different. They've, they've got to know God or something or have some kind of relationship with somebody. And, and that, that's what God wants. That makes the heart of God really, really happy when we love one another in spite of our differences, in spite of those. Can you say amen to that? He said, by this all will know that you are my disciples if you have love one for another. In Matthew 22, um, I'm going to read this passage uh, starting with verse 34. <clears throat> but when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, Jesus had, the religious people of the day, they gathered together. Then one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, testing him and saying, Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as you love yourself. On these two commandments, on these two commandments, hang all the law and the prophets. Well, these religious people of the day, they were hammering the, the, the Ten Commandments and, and holding people, trying to hold people accountable for, for one commandment that they screwed up on, something they did wrong. They're trying to hold them accountable to that. So they're trying to trip Jesus up in all these little, these little attitudes that they had. They tried continuously to trip him up. And he comes to them and he said, he said, everything that was said in the Old Testament is fulfilled in these two commandments. You love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and you love your neighbor as you love yourself. Now, I'm going to come back to that, but I want to read another passage first. First, first John, little John's in the back, First John 4, starting with verse 7. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Now, I'm going to read a few more verses there, but I want to ask you this question. One of the commandments Jesus talked about was to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul. Then this says right here, if you don't love, it's because you don't know God. Well, I'll just say this. <laughs> you and I, in all of our great efforts, don't have the ability to love God with all our heart, mind, and soul. Just take a deep breath. Everybody take a deep breath. Don't blow out on your neighbor. Just blow out. <laughs> hmm? Just release and know you don't have the capabilities of loving God with all your heart, mind, and soul. You don't have the capability of loving your neighbor the way Jesus loved you until you get to know him. 
the reason we're not loving in a situation. Somebody does something ugly to you, you turn around, you respond the same way, you act ugly, somebody doesn't do exactly what you want them to do, so you, you retaliate. You know, you, you allow vengeance to come back or, you know, you're going to repay because of what someone else did. The reason you do that is because in that area you don't know God. Scripture just said it right there. I don't have to say much more about it. I'm just telling you, take a deep breath. You need to learn to understand and know God in a greater way so you develop relationship. How do you do that? Same way that that my wife and I grow in our relationship is we spend time together. you got to spend time with God in His Word. If I, if I told my wife, uh, if we were going on a date night or something, I said, hey, we're going to go here. And so we get in the car and we head somewhere to San Antonio for a date night. And the whole way there, we don't say a thing. Whole time I'm in San Antonio, we don't say a thing. Whole way home, we don't say a thing. We come home, someone asks, so how was your date? Oh, it was great. Man, we went here and we went there, man. We rode all the way there, all the way back. It was awesome. Not. No way. Why? Because you didn't talk. So when someone says, well, you know, I'm just trying to get to know God. How are you doing that? Well, I, I mean, just, you know, I'm just reading a bunch of information and Watched a couple shows about God, you know, trying to figure him out or whatever. No, the only way, and this is, these are just copied scriptures, but the only way to know God is his word, his words. You have to meditate on him. You have to read him. You got to get him inside of you so he can speak to you what he wants you to know when you want to be ugly. When you want to retaliate, when you don't get your way and everything in life is not centered around you, only He can empower you and teach you how to do that. You've got to know Him through His Word. You will not love if you don't know God, and you will not develop inside of you this passion to love God with all your heart, mind, and soul if you're not loving other people. Those two commandments, everything that was said in the Old Testament, people say, well, you know, the Old Testament's done away. No, it's not done away with. It was fulfilled. And now it's fulfilled in these two commandments. And the only way you get to know God is to take the opportunity to walk in love in an unlovely situation. That's the only way you'll ever get to know God, is to put one foot in front of the other, and do it. Only way. No other way. You'll never get to know God if you're not practicing and developing what love really is. Why? Because God is love. See, 1 Corinthians 13 says, love is kind. Love is patient. You're not, but love is. But if you're seeking after God, which is love, and you're developing that, then all of a sudden, what begins to kind of sneak out of you at different times is, you know, this, this uh, verge of kindness. Did you just see what she did? Did you see what he did? Did you see the way that guy acted? Man, he should have slapped me. Man, he should have come after me. He should have done this. No, 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 we're going to walk in love. National Day of Prayer, people all over the country are agreeing that we have the ability in God 
to love one another. All over the nation this week, National Day of Prayer this week, it was my wife mentioned there's a, there's a, a breakfast on Thursday, at, at, I think it's at Trinity Baptist Church, isn't that right? I think at Trinity. Then at, at the courthouse at 12 o'clock for an hour, you, you can go down there. You, you might think, ah, you know, I want to stand out there. Just do it. Just, just go do it. Who knows? You might meet somebody and, and be a blessing to somebody or whatever and just see. They're, they're, they're going to pray about di- different topics and things uh, around our nation. But everybody's doing it all over the nation. We're doing it together. We're joining together. And, and, and the theme is, and it comes right from the Word, and it's the most important thing, and without this, nothing else will work. Love one another. And Jesus said, when you're not loving, it's because you don't know God. So, develop your relationship with God through His Word and watch the power to love begin to flow through you. There's nothing like responding in love when you have the, quote, right to be ugly. There's nothing like it. I, 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 to this day, I've, I've never experienced anything, the high that comes from stepping out in love when I have the natural right to be ugly. Because I don't know about you, but I know what it's like to be ugly when I have a right to be ugly. I know the feeling that goes with it. I know how that my natural mind can justify and, you know, I have a right to do that. I mean, you know, that, that person I was ugly to on the phone, you know, because they said something and they didn't go along with me, I'll never see them again. No, no, it has nothing to do with that. It has everything to do with what is created in your life because of what you're practicing. It's all about what you are practicing. Amen? The rest of that First John verse says, in this, the love of God was manifested toward us that God sent His only begotten Son into the world that we might live through Him. In this is love, not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins, the stand-in for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. And really in that sentence right there, what it, what it is saying is, well, well, you know, God loved me, I guess I ought to do that. No, that's, that's not what that's actually saying. What it's saying there is, God loved me, so I have the power to do it. I should do that. I should be right. I should respond in a correct way. I should do those things. Why? Because God has empowered me to do it. This isn't you and I trying to, you know, grit our teeth and and work through something and do something because we have to do it. It's developing this want to to do it. Love destroys everything that sin has created. Love destroys everything that sin has created. I'm going to say it again. Love destroys everything that sin has created around us. Love destroys it. The only way that love will destroy it is if it's coming through us. Not just something we know in our head, not just something we think about every once in a while, but it's got to be manifesting and coming through us. We've got to practice it. I don't know. There's something about it. What's difficult at times is that 
when you are doing that and it's empowering you, you can actually, you know, feel, get tired of it. You can, you can almost at times get tired because your soul will say to you, you know, man, how many times have I done this? When you, when you haven't seen the real results yet, how many times have I done this and what am I really getting from this? What you're getting from it is the reward that God can only bring. Only God can bring this type of a reward that many times you may not even get credit for it till the other side. But in my life today, I'm so aware of the other side. That's not where my focus is, but I'm aware of it. And everything that I do, every action I have, every attitude that I have, I will be judged for. The thing about it is when we enter and we stand before the judgment seat of Christ, what's going to be there is the blood of Jesus. So everything that I deal with here is wiped away when I get there. But the things that I don't deal with here and that I carry with me continuously because I don't want to become faithful to make changes, then I carry those things into the judgment seat of Christ and then I've got to, I've got to answer to God why I didn't want to make the change. When all I have to do, all, all we're required to do is just take the step of faith and deal with why you would want to be a certain way because of what someone else has done. And when you get through that, I'm not saying it's easy. Man, I could roll a scroll out of all the things that I've had against other people and, and anger and hatred and things that I had as a young person towards people because of things that had happened. We all have past. But we don't have to be victims of that past. We can overcome in every area of our life. Can you say amen to that? I mean, I'm telling you, we can overcome in everything that we face today because of what the blood of Jesus accomplished for us. The last part of that, verse 12, if we love one another, God abides in us and his love has been perfected in us. Don't, don't let that word perfected, you know, cause you to become overwhelmed. That word perfected is matured. We're maturing in this thing. We're getting better at this every day. We're learning how to walk in love every single day. We're maturing and getting better all the time. Everybody say, I can do this. Like one guy says, I got this. Amen? I got this. I can do this. I can walk in this love. This life is real and I can accomplish this. So if that's the case... Then in Matthew 22, when he says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might, I can do that when I know how much he's loved me. I can pursue that. You know what? Loving God with all my heart, mind, and soul and what that looks like to me today is totally different than what it looked like 10 years ago. But today, you know what it does? It holds me accountable all the time in the things I do. <laughs> the, the other day, uh, 
I was somewhere. And somebody had the nerve to try to steal my parking place. I mean, I was sitting there with my blinker on, waiting for these people to pull out of there. And here I am, and they pull out. So I'm turning into the parking spot like this. These people pull out like this. And they come this way, and some guy comes this way. I got a right. I was there first. And you know what? I could probably find some people around me that would testify to that. Hey, come on. Come on, agree with me. See, so often in, in the business world, in the church world, and all kinds of work, we're always trying to get people on our side to agree with us about things we don't, we, we don't think are right. I, don't, I didn't need any agreement. The Holy Ghost just said, there's another one for you. Forget it. So we just let people take advantage. They're not taking advantage of me. I just chose to find another parking place. See, the alternative there, okay, is for me to choose to get my way. And I could. I've done it before. I could put my flashers on right in the middle of this parking lot could get out of the car go stand at the window hmm guy may have a 38 you know <clears throat> I mean whatever but I could stand at the window and demand this person to get out of there and what's going to normally happen in a situation like that you're going to go to fist Right there in the parking lot, in front of the paper the next day, pastor of local church <laughs> takes out guy for his parking place. I mean, how stupid does that sound? But in the moment, in the moment, man, your mind is like, "Woo! this guy took my parking place. And I was there, and man, God gave me that parking place too. I, I mean, I believe for that parking place, and there it was. And I didn't drive off, praise you, Jesus, pray. I mean, I didn't drive off like that. I mean, if anybody was in the car with me, they could probably see some steam come off my hair. Tick me off. But it didn't take long. Because I'm working on something. I'm constantly working on something. And all that thing was, was to get to me. The parking place was about getting to me. Get me out of love. Listen, and if you do that, let's just say I responded to that guy like I said I could have. Then I come away from that whole situation. Maybe I go in the store, maybe I don't. I get back in my car. I've got this whole thing on me. It's just on me. It's like... Like something just poured on me. 
get in my car and I drive home and I walk in with the joy of the Lord, right? No. No. Then I bring that contamination into my home and I promise you because of what I've stirred up in the spirit, the enemy is waiting at home. Something else is going to stir something up. Then, then something else may get stirred up at home, but because I'm not prepared, I'm not open, I'm not ready, I wasn't walking in love, I'm not going to walk in love at home either. It just works that way, folks. I don't care how long you've been born again. If you're not practicing the love of God, it just works that way. The only way you'll walk in love is if you develop a relationship with God. You know why I had the ability that day? You know why I had the ability that day to stop that thing? Because I'd spent time with God that day. Every day. I can't not spend time with God because those kinds of things are out there to set me up and take advantage of my life and try to stir up everything else and then I'm going to come in here and preach and have that contamination and some guy's got a black eye, you know, because, you know, I wouldn't have had a black eye, I'd have taken him out, you know. <clears throat> but, but you know what I'm saying? I mean, somebody would have had a black eye because of me and, you know, I felt better and, man, I got my stupid parking place. But I have no authority to preach this. I'm not saying I do everything perfect. I don't think that for a second. But I'm constantly increasing, and I know that I'm increasing in this way because I have a relationship with God. I have an ongoing day-to-day. I have a routine with God. My wife and I have a routine. If we don't have that routine, our, our relationship gets separated. Things aren't right with us. We have a routine. We have things that we do. We, we do things together. We separate ourselves to be by ourselves together. If we don't have that time, then none of the rest of it's any good. It's the same way with God. You will love and you'll respond in a correct way when you've been with Him. Amen? Just, just, um, just listen to this. I just like the way it's worded. So I'm going to read that same passage, 1 John 4. 7 through 12 in the message. My beloved friends, let us continue to love each other since love comes from God. Everyone who loves is born of God and experiences a relationship with God. The person who refuses to love doesn't know the first thing about God because God is love. So you can't know Him if you don't love. You can't know Him if you don't love. This is how God showed His love for us. God sent His only Son into the world so we might live through Him. This is the kind of love we are talking about. Not that we once upon a time loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son as a sacrifice to clear the way, uh, to clear away our sins and the damage that they've done to our relationship with God. The guy that stole my parking place, it was a guy, The guy that stole my parking place, what God wants me to see is sacrifice the parking place and the the connection with a human being. Show another human being what it's like to not get angry. Because a lot of times people that do things like that, they're ready. I mean, they've got brass knuckles on. They're ready for a fight. 
And now you just showed them something. Do what God did. He saw everything that was bad in the world, and he loved us still in spite of us, and he laid his life down, sent his son to lay his life down for us. So in those type of situations, what we're doing in the power of what Jesus accomplished, we're laying our lives down for the good of other people. See it that way. My dear, dear friends, if God loved us like this, we certainly ought to love each other. No one has seen God ever, but if we love one another, God deeps, dwells deeply within us and his love becomes complete in us. Perfect love. Amen? Galatians 5. And verse 1. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free. And do not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Indeed, I, Paul, say to you that if you become circumcised... Christ will profit you nothing. And I testify again to every man who becomes circumcised that he is debtor to keep the whole law. Now he's talking to, he's talking to Jews that have been born again, that have been told and taught that they are saved by faith through the grace of God. And now over time, they're trying to legalistically acquire their salvation or to be right with God. And you'll never accomplish that. That's what Paul's saying. And in verse 13, Paul says this, For you, brethren, have been called to liberty, to be free. Only don't use your liberty as an opportunity for your flesh, but through love serve one another. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, beware lest you be consumed by one another. If you don't practice the love of God, if you don't become a servant to all of mankind, especially to those who are closest to you, but to all of mankind, if you don't learn and develop servanthood to all of mankind, what will happen is we will bite and devour one another. That's what it looks like is happening in planet Earth. That's what it looks like is happening. People are devouring one another. People are overtaking one another. Everybody's in in this competitive world of trying to get the upper hand in certain things. That's what it looks like is happening, but I say this is happening. I say we're learning to lay our lives down for one another. We're learning to serve each other and understand what that looks like and to walk in love with one another because God commanded us to do it. God would never command you to do something that you don't have the capabilities of doing. And it's not you having the capability of doing it in yourself. It's you being empowered by him and him knowing if you'll do what he says, you'll get the results. And you say amen to that. We don't want to be devoured by each other. We, we, we want to be busy living in the freedom and the liberty that God paid for us to have, living in that place of freedom, but doing it through the love of God, through who God is. You'll never understand liberty and freedom till you understand the source. That's why, that's why when you understand the real source of liberty, that's how you can get behind um, 
servicemen and women that have been that have fought in wars and and have been in the service in the military in our in our great nation to create freedom when you understand the source of freedom which is god and what he did through his son you man you begin to understand people laying their lives down when you see videos of uh, i saw a video um yesterday of of a man coming back from i think he was in afghanistan or maybe he was in iraq somewhere and he came back and and uh, his wife is, had been pregnant when he was deployed and he had never seen his baby. Uh, man, I mean, the, I mean the, the weeping. I mean, he, he tried to, they, they were filming him and he was trying to get away from the cameras. He, he wasn't playing to the cameras. He was trying to get away from them. Watching him and his wife and, and their little baby and, and everything that he had done, you know, I, I mean, being willing. And, and in the moment, I mean, it was like he was aware, I laid my life down and I missed some of this, but somehow this is going to work because of his commitment to the freedom of other people. I don't know. I mean, and it, you say, well, that, that, that's, that's not fair. Now get out of your head about that. He chose to do it. And, and God, if he'll trust God, God will reward him and pay back everything that it appears that he lost in that situation right there. I don't know how it works. That's just what God said. Now I don't have to try to figure out who I'm going to love and who I'm not going to love and if I'm going to be good and if I'm not going to be and when I want to be that way and when I don't want No, no. i got to do it every day, every single day. i got to do it because those parking lot experiences are just around the corner. Hmm? Go hang you a punching bag in the house or walk in love. Because you don't want to be decked In the parking lot of J.C. Penney's. Because you hadn't been working on your punch. But God wants us to have a spiritual punch. In that, man, I can lay my life down in this situation. Amen? How many believe that? So, I end today with <clears throat> this prayer for all of you. And it's found in Colossians 1. But before I pray this, I really encourage you to come and hear the conclusion of what I was sharing to, to, today on Wednesday night. I encourage you to come and bring people with you to this National Day of Prayer celebration and, and to come and join. We, we got a whole little thing lined up. I got a real short message and some other things that we've got lined up and prayers that are going to be prayed. Just come and join your faith with that because because you've been encouraged and reminded today that people all over the nation are doing this very same thing. We're doing it the night before the National Day of Prayer, but this National Day of Prayer focus is for a whole week. It started last Thursday to this next Thursday, and, and it's a whole week people being aware, joining their faith, and in prayer for, for what the theme is that comes from the Word of God, that we love one another. Can you say amen to that? So as I pray this prayer, and you'll see it on the screen, it's found in Ephesians, or in Colossians 1. Uh, I'm I'm praying this, and you be in agreement with this, that you have this understanding about, about walking in love. For this reason, and I'll change some of the wording just so I can make it personal to all of us today. So I'm speaking this over us. For this reason, we also, since the day we heard of it, have not ceased to pray 
and to ask that we be filled with the knowledge of God's will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. That we may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to God. Being fruitful in every good work. You remember what Fabian said uh, as he was talking about the offering, about speaking to the tree? About the importance of speaking to the tree. It's important that you speak these kind of things and thank God daily that you have that wisdom and understanding about how to walk in love and how to do anything and everything that God puts you on this planet to do. We have that ability. Life and death. Prosperity or curses. Being successful or unsuccessful is in the power of what you say. It's not where it stops, but that's where it starts. And as we say the right things, then what happens is we begin to be programmed to do the right things. We may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to Him, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to His glorious power, for all patience and long-suffering with gloom. Patience and long-suffering with joy. Ah, Lord, I thank you that, you know what, uh, that guy's kind of a jerk, but you know what, I thank you, you got me another parking place. You can say it just like that, because you feel that way, right? He's kind of a jerk, but you know what, Lord, I just speak blessing over his life. I'm driving away from this. I'll never do that, but that doesn't mean others won't do it to me, but every single time from here on out, I will do this with a better attitude, and I won't call the guy a jerk. Right? So patience and long-suffering, going through things that we that normally in my natural mind, you know, I know how to respond and take care of this because I, bless God, have a right. But all patience and long-suffering with joy. Joy of the Lord is my strength. Amen? Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed or translated us into the kingdom of the Son of His love. Wow, I like that statement. Transferred us into the kingdom of the Son of His love, in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of our sins. (laughs) Man, how empowered are we today? I mean, listen folks, if there's ever been a win-win situation with us, it's this. You cannot lose for winning if you choose to develop this walk of love. Can you say amen?